Welcome back to Texas T. I'm Roger D, where I bring on entrepreneurs, hustlers, and prodigies to tell their success stories and how they've gotten to where they are now. Today's guest is someone very fond and close to my heart. He's helped me a lot during some tough times, and he himself, uh, in the earlier part of his life, had no outs, went from that to just f trying to figure out poker in the underground rooms at Houston to now he's pretty much the reason why you probably shouldn't log on to any online poker site because he will take your money. And being a dad, working a nine to five job, he's also Webster's probably biggest online professional poker player, Chris Rauscher. Hey, what's up guys? How's it going? Oh, guy! <laughs> you should probably look into the camera. How, how's it going, guys? <laughs> What's up, dude? Not much, man. I'm uh, happy we could finally make this work. Yeah, because yeah. uh, I canceled on you. I got one go time. I got ghosted. I didn't get canceled. Uh, it wasn't really ghosted. ghosted per se. I just <laughs> uh, I'd have to say that I think New Year's Eve being on that uh, that Thursday kind of screwed everyone up. That's so good, gonna, good enough excuse, man. Good I know. Enough, I've been giving excuse. you excuses the whole time yeah. I've known you. It's about right. Yeah. So. Uh, par for the game yeah pretty much <laughs> pretty much so mm -hmm. i've seen your whole transition man uh and uh i think uh, those who want to get into poker feel like they can't put enough time in and you're like the living example of balancing it mm -hmm. i mean i don't know if liz would uh agree with that yeah it's tough to balance it man yeah yeah i mean it's just tough to balance yeah. balance is a hard thing in general anyway yeah, right? yeah. for anybody's life Right? Oh yeah, yeah. But throw poker in the mix too. It's it's tough to balance that. Oh, but yeah. that's my that's my been my hobby, and that's been, you know, um, I like money. Yeah. So <laughs> money addictions. You yeah, know, can yeah, rule, yeah. Can rule the can rule the roost. So yeah, yeah. So uh, so if you so if someone's like you know what I want to be the next Chris Rauscher, which I know is there's you're just one of a kind, but if someone <laughs> wants to be the next Chris and be able to balance life and also become a professional uh, at online poker, what would be your first advice? For them so they, they could get into it for the long haul um if you're gonna start playing online um and if you come from live play especially around houston and stuff um don't don't log in to any online site and expect to just jump in the same stakes you're going to start playing that you were playing live and expect to win the players online are <clears throat> are much are much tougher um they're they're a little bit more balanced they're tighter and um and also you know, I always suggest uh, starting off real small if you're going to play online. Start off real small, build you a bankroll, do some research, get online, find some sites that uh, that offer some training to to smaller stakes. Um, you know, when you get to a point where you have built a bankroll, you know, uh, get a coach. You know, I've had a coach. Shout out to Wilt on Tilt, Aaron Wilt, which was an old school old school coach who uh, who played a lot of high stakes games before Black Friday and and even after Black Friday um, in in the U.S. and you know, sent me on my way to playing and, and, and killing poker really, uh, yeah. online. So, yeah. And for those that don't know, Black Friday was, uh, I believe it was April, 2011 tax day of tax day of tax April, day, 2011. April, 2011, when the government, uh, pretty much went after every online, po it shot well, the every, three major sites, the three it was ultimate sites. bet, um, poker stars and full tilt. They yeah. went after all three of those sites, shut their websites down um, you know, locked up their locked up their bank, seized their bank accounts, mm -hmm. 
Luckily, a lot of the players, I'd say probably 90% of the players got their funds back mm-hmm. from those sites. Uh, you know, it turns out Full Tilt was a Ponzi scheme. Um, you know, so that crazy. was a crazy right. thing. But, th- you know, yeah. so you got to be careful where you're playing these days. There's a lot of reputable sites out there still mm-hmm. um, that operate in the U.S. Um, and it's not illegal to play online poker, um, mm-hmm. just so people know. It's not illegal to play in, in Texas especially. There is a few states, I believe, that it's illegal. I think uh, Maryland it's illegal to play online. Actually, they could take you to jail. Oh wow! But um, I think it's it's it the, the legality comes from some old laws that were written about uh, wire transfers and stuff, and banks not being able to to process transactions for you on uh you know on the basis of gambling. So I think that um, nowadays with Bitcoin, you can do a lot of those transactions yourself, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of sites offer Bitcoin. Um, transactions. So you get the Bitcoin, you sell the Bitcoin for cash. So it's not a, it's not a, really an illegal, illegal thing. And, and and the feds aren't really looking to come after those sites anymore, as long as yeah. they're not a Ponzi scheme, right? Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. It's uh, it's just wild. It's just wild that it all happened. All they, all they had to do was just legalize it and tax it, and everyone would have been happy. I agree. That's the same thing they say about pot and about other drugs and other kinds of things, but. Yeah, you, know, you got people, you got opponents and and proponents on both sides of the aisle, right? That, that don't want to see gambling. They think it's uh, you know, they think it's uh, leads to you know problems and families and yeah. you know debt problems, et cetera. So there's you know I can see both sides to to yeah. people uh, you know lobbying governments to to keep it from being legalized, you know. So, yeah. but it does seem to be slowly becoming more mainstream to be to, to legalization. I mean, like New Jersey and, and Nevada, some other states have legalized. I think Michigan. Um, so it's on its way to probably some sort of legalization, just like mm-hmm. pot, right? Yeah, in, yeah. in the coming years, I think, I think even New York now is looking to do some um, sports betting, and and then you got DraftKings and FanDuel yeah. and stuff. I mean, those are typically those are. I mean, that's really gambling. You know, I don't care how you, however you slice it, that's a gambling site, right? Yeah. I mean, for most people, yeah, the fantasy sports for world is is, is definitely yeah. betting, right? Yeah. So it's just it's just disguised in another way, and they've they're skirting a gray, uh, kind of a gray area. You know? They're trying to make it like seem like more of a game against other people, right? Exactly. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So it's it's and and so there's a good there's some good <laughs> arguments for poker being legalized as opposed to you know, casino slots and, and other kinds of games that, you know, probably shouldn't be legalized. Probably maybe it depends on your side of the street, right? Whatever side you sit on. But, um, you know, gambling poker wise is, is playing against another human. It's it's yeah. it's a battle of wits and it's a battle of. All that yeah. Stuff. Now, with those actually with those. Uh, football sites, I think a case could be made. Hey, like someone puts a lot of time into figuring out what players are the right sure, players. Sure, and that's sure. a skill based thing. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, it definitely could be. I definitely think sports betting is a skill based uh, yeah. thing too. Yeah, it's just way sure. harder to prove. I think. Yeah, I agree. Then yeah. at, at least with poker, I think it's it's clear based on what we see live. Yeah, you know, definitely. Yeah, that, it's uh, definitely clear that poker is like a a chess sort of game, right? Mm-hmm. Chess was a big thing. If anybody's seen Queen's Gambit, I recommend oh, it. If you haven't good. seen it yet, um, on Netflix, right? Um, yeah. Shows chess back in the '60s and how it was a big, huge deal. And really, you know, what happened to chess uh, is happening to poker, right? Chess was killed off by artificial intelligence, basically, mm-hmm. because um, solvers basically solve chess. They mm-hmm. solve the game of chess, yeah. right? These computers. So and it's basically happening to poker, but it's going to take a, a lot longer because poker has so many variables, right? It's, it's such a complex game. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, well, I think what's going to make it harder 
or at least you it always will have some sort of human aspect is the fact that you know not all a computer can't know all the details sure right and it can't it can't know what the individual is emotionally gonna do right right yeah. and uh, I feel like there will always be that block where where you could still in live be able to take advantage of how someone acts emotionally sure because the only i think the only way is that like if everyone just stood there or just sat there with like no emotion right. <laughs> and that would just be the well live pokers live poker's a long way from anybody really you know playing any sort of real optimal strategy yeah there's so many things that go into live play besides you know um, besides the cards and the pot size and, you know, uh, ranges, right? There's, yeah. there's so many other things, reads and mm -hmm. and so forth, um, emotions and all that stuff, man. There's, you know, yeah. intuition and a lot of things go into live play that really doesn't go into, doesn't really translate translate well to online, mm -hmm. right? Tr online is such a different format, right? You can't see your opponent. You know, you have to pick up what you can, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, um, <clears throat> and ranges are, are typically a lot more, a lot more condensed and refined in an online format, right? Yeah. Where I can I know what a player has in the cutoff, what his range began with if he's a if he's a regular player. I know what right. his range looks like. Whereas live play, you just don't you don't really know that. It's hard to know if a guys opening 7 8 offsuit in the cutoff or not in the, in the live game, right? But in online, you actually can know that, right? Yeah. So you can actually count combos, you can do a lot of different things and understand you know, uh, range is a lot better in online. Yeah. So it's it's a lot tougher. It's a lot tougher. Would, would you then say that uh, the uh, so the average online player is better than the average? Yeah, definitely. Player, now, yeah. I wouldn't say that th there's people that say that, oh, the, the stakes are like 10 times different, like 510 live is like 5 cent, 10 cent online, which I disagree with. That'd you be, can't really uh, compare live and online stakes, right? Um, you can't really compare them like that because they're just too different. They're just too different. There's, yeah. there's strategies for both that are just wildly different, right? Mm. I need separate, not to mention that live games typically play three, 400, 500 big blinds deep, right? Everybody has lots of, lots of big blinds on the table, whereas an online game is typically capped at 100 big blind buy-ins and such. So you, you just really can't compare them in that way. But, um, but I do think that they are, they are wildly different, mm -hmm. right? So, um, so anyway, I guess... Yeah, so so definitely the average poker player online is, is definitely is, better. Yeah, yeah, I would say they're. Definitely well, what do you better. what do you think? Uh, because I always was curious about this. What do you think pushed pushed it such that you know someone online has to become better? Like, what? How come that skill like edge is so significantly different? I think it. I think it's mostly because of software and training sites and. Mm -hmm. um, and getting in hands per hour, mm -hmm. right? Whereas at a live game, I can only get in 20, 25 hands an hour. So you're sitting there and, you know, there's so much more that goes into a live game, whereas online, you have to get better. And, and, and it's like, since everybody's better in the online, it, it, it forcibly makes you better by playing against better opponents for hundreds and hundreds and thousands and hundreds of thousands of hands, yeah. right? Um, I've, given, I've given Gonzalo uh, some, 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 some photos of my, my oh, graphs yeah. and stuff from... From my uh, I'm sure online. Gonzalo at this point will have put it up. I'm, I'm sure he'll put them up. One, <laughs> one, is, one is a graph of my lifetime winnings uh -huh. in big blinds um, for 1.3 million hands, right? Yeah. Which has played over the last that is crazy six to seven years. About. Right. It's a lot of, it's a lot of, it's 1.3 million hands. Is, I mean, I could never play that many hands in a live setting 
in my lifetime probably right yeah um, but yeah, so that, and then I have like last year's, um, steak breakdown of last year's stakes that I played. Mm-hmm. So you can put two and two together and figure out, you know, for yourself kind of where, where, how I'm doing online. Right. Yeah. Hard um, flex have, on the whole audience. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so, uh, I have an hourly rate on there too. in one of the, one of the posts. So, um, um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a, a difficult landscape and it does nothing but get tougher, right? Yeah. There's younger guys coming in to play. Um, year after year and, and, and they study hard and they, they play hard and, you know, yeah. so the game does nothing but get tougher online, right? Whereas yeah. live, live play, it's gotten a little tougher, but I've played live this year a little bit and it's just not comparable. I feel right? like it's been reinvigorated. Right. It has, especially it's, around here in Houston, yeah, there's yeah. obviously the gray zone where everybody's, they got these clubs now. It seems like it's kind of boomed a little bit Yeah, yeah. and online this year has been great for, because of COVID, right? A lot oh, of people yeah. stuck at home, can't do anything. So they're playing online. So it's been. It's been good. Poker's been good this year. Yeah, for sure. Or I say this year, last year, last two thousand twenty. Hey, can you? Um, I think I got. I made it too cold in here. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> my fucking fingers are like. <laughs> I told you. I know you, right? I know you can't. You never get uh, tired of hearing that. <laughs> but anyways, we can we can keep going. I just was gonna pause for that. Uh, so, so obviously, there's a lot that someone needs to learn, and. You know, when was the the moment that you're like, you know, I need a mentor because you can only read so much and, and watch so much and review well, so much. You know, it's funny that you asked that. I um I don't really know when that moment was as far as a mentor. I don't know that I needed a mentor. I obviously needed well, a coach, a coach online, but I think even before that, right, when we were playing together and stuff at Bullies and and yeah, I say I say bullies. I'm gonna make a shout out there. But yeah, bullies. so bullies, Mike Treywick. Trey <laughs> Treywick and yep, all those guys. So Mm-hmm. Um, you know, back in the day, I didn't know what I was doing, right? Mm-hmm. I, I just knew that I didn't want to work overtime at work anymore, and I wanted to play poker and make yeah. a little extra money. I yeah. was okay if I made 500 bucks a week. That would be good enough for me on average, right? So, and, and so I befriended people like yourself and like others that I thought were good and that I thought I could learn from as well as, you know, bounce ideas off of back and forth. And mm-hmm. that's, all I, that's, all I, that's when I realized I, I needed some, some other help. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and I needed to 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 um, connect with people mm-hmm. like me that wanted to get better and learn the game and do better. Right. Yeah. And um, and then when I when I got what happened was what happened was I got <laughs> I got I got uh, I, I had this this move in with me <laughs> and and um, and he, oh, he convinced me to get a dog. And, you know, I'm, I have so I'm living in this house in Dickinson. And I ended yeah. up getting getting into a relationship with this woman and this you know, woman, this woman <laughs> and you know me wanting to go live, play live poker anymore and make a ton of money wasn't as viable because I wanted to spend more time at home. I wanted to spend, mm-hmm. spend more time with my wife and my dog, right? And I finally kicked Roger out, you know. And mm-hmm. so that's when I I made the dive back into online poker. Um, yeah. You know, I was winning at live poker. I was finding games around town, but it was it was difficult because you know wait times. You got to sit down and wait for a table. You got to. Yeah. All these different things I didn't want to have to deal with. I got to drive there. I got to drive back. You know, all these things I didn't want to deal with. So I, I found online poker. And right when I jumped in, I jumped in and started playing 510, no limit, because I thought, yeah. well, whatever, right? I have a big enough bankroll. Yeah. And, um, and I, I got slaughtered at first, yep. right? Well, actually, I won a bunch at first, and then I got slaughtered. And I, I didn't understand why my strategy wasn't working anymore. So that's when I thought, that's when I realized I needed a, a coach and somebody that was beating the games that I'm beating, right? Yeah. And so that's when I found Wilt on Tilt. 
which is uh, Aaron Wilt, and he doesn't even play poker anymore. He's an Amazon seller, oh, which wow. is so random. He's killing it with that. So, um, but yeah, so I found I uh, found him and and built a relationship with him and did a lot of work, a lot of study, spent a lot of money. I probably spent ten, twelve thousand dollars on coaching mm. alone, along with some mental game coaching. Yeah, right. I got mental game coaching through um, Jared. Uh, Jared, what's his last name? Tendler. Mm-hmm. So uh, he, he's guy, written yeah. some books, um, Mental Game on Poker and stuff like that, Mental Game of Poker. I did, got some coaching oh, from yeah. him. I remember I read that. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, the rest is history. And by the way, um, for everyone that was listening about the fact where clearly Chris, even though he allowed me to stay in my house <laughs> at a low time, he clearly was not happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was happy about it for a while, man. Little, it was good. It was fun. We had a lot of good times. Yeah, man. it was, no, it was a lot of good times. Yeah. No, it was a lot of good times. Yeah, Neither of us could cook well. But, no, uh, we couldn't cook well. <laughs> we, ate, we ate out a lot. Yes, a lot, a lot. Um, but yeah, mental mental game. I think is a is a is a big topic there because I I think one of the biggest pitfalls of players is. Letting their emotions sure deviate, have sure. them deviate from um from their strategy. What uh what would you say? Well, first of all, it's like two questions. Um, how more how much more significant or or not as significant um does do you do you tilt or would you tilt online compared to live? And then the second question is what are the what are the processes you put in place to make sure you don't tilt? Okay. So tilt is a pretty broad yeah. statement, right? Tilt could mean anything from playing too many hands to, you know, breaking computer screen, right? <laughs> so it's a pretty broad thing. So, and, and as far Actually, as t- the last one wouldn't be so bad because then it forces you to stop playing. Yeah. Well, breaking your mouse is one, is another one. Yeah. Right? You're, you punching went holes a, in walls and stuff. You went like through that. a lot of mouse, mice, mice. Yeah, a lot of mice, a lot of mouses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and I've punched a hole in the wall at my old, my old house and stuff. So, and I've gone through, you know, a transformation. Obviously, when I used to play live poker, I would tilt here and there. Sometimes I would get so angry, I'd stand up and I might slam the table or something like that, you know. But it, it wouldn't be nearly as bad as online because online, you're playing so many more hands per hour. You see so many more bad beats. Mm-hmm. Um, you really, like, you can see, you know, you can get, you can get oversetted mm-hmm. twice and run run aces into into kings and get over and get a set flopped on you all in it's a matter of 12 hands or something, yeah, yeah. right? And lose four buy-ins like that, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, you have to keep your cool, especially if it's at the beginning of a session, right, mm-hmm. or something. Um, and so... That's the worst. It, it's the worst. Beginning, beginning of a session? session? Yeah. 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 And that's how this year has been for me for the last couple of weeks. It's been, man, it's been so annoying. Mm-hmm. I've been just running into the tops of ranges, been... Just you know, run better like Jordan. I know. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. Teach me, Jordan. Teach me. So, <laughs> Next level. Yeah. So, anyway, so... um. As far as tilt goes, I I really I really focus a lot on mindfulness mm-hmm. training, mm. right, and and meditation, and uh, and I, I think I've made huge strides over the last you know five or six years from tilting. Like I used to actually let it affect my play. Mm-hmm. I would let it affect affect um, you know how often I'm three betting, four betting, pre flop, how, how what kind of what kinds of hands I'm opening yeah. from various positions, which obviously affect my play, um, especially you know, on, on the river when I'm, when I'm beat, and I know I'm beat and I call anyway, cause I'm tilted, whatever. Uh, a lot of that stuff has kind of gone away. Mm-hmm. Right. A lot of it. Right. Um, it's very, very seldom that I 
find myself in a situation where I've tilted off a stack mm-hmm. um, due to just rage or tilt, right? Yeah. Um, and that all become that all comes for me from from learning Jared Tendler's stuff, right? Uh, he'd written a book called Mental Game of Poker. Um, a lot of stuff in there is it, it relates to me specifically. All the stuff he talks about when it comes to tilt and it comes to mindfulness and how to um, inject logic, inject logical statements into stuff. Like, yeah. you know, because I, I get, you know, my mind will get down on itself saying, I suck and I shouldn't have called there and I'm so bad and da 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 da. And, or these fish play so terrible. I can't believe he called with that hand, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well, and and that's and the injecting logic statement there is well. I need these players in in these games, or I'm not gonna. Or poker's not gonna be what it is, right? Mm-hmm. I need this guy calling with five deuce offsuit, you know, for forty big blinds pre flop to see a flop, and it comes five deuce deuce, right? I need those guys in the game, you know. Otherwise, there's not gonna be a game to play, mm-hmm. and there's not gonna be money to win. So mm-hmm. that's the correct statement to. That's the logical thing to think, right? But my mind goes to, I can't believe he called with that. What if? idiot I'm you know he's so bad I you know I play I work so hard and I shouldn't be this unlucky whatever you know and so I think um I think I've made strides of progress in 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 realizing the stuff in game through mindfulness through actually doing some warm-ups and cool downs pre and post session um and stuff like that to really uh really focus on my play and how I'm playing rather than the variance in the game because the variance is incredible, man. I mean, I've gone through times when I was down forty thousand dollars in in a matter of a few weeks, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, and then break even for a hundred thousand hands, which can be two to three months, right? Mm-hmm. And so that that can be mind-numbingly tilting, right? Mm-hmm. And and it can really make you question your game, make you question everything about the game, make you question your strategy. Was I ever a winner? You know? Yeah, yeah. Even though I have a million hands played, I can still sit there and go, man, am I really? Am I still a winner? Are that my are they getting me, you know, or whatever? So it's a it's a crazy game. Variance is, it's it's crazy that our minds don't understand variance. Mm. And that's why players think that online poker is rigged. Mm-hmm. You know, they see these bad beats and they can't understand it, right? I can't mm-hmm. understand, you know, that, that my aces can lose, you know, five times in a row. It's, yeah. it's unfathomable. Well, right? I think it's because our our brains are generally built to recognize patterns. Sure. You know, so that's why there's so much superstition Mm because you get you 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 think something could happen and then like it just takes like a couple times for it to be validated. And you're like, oh, fuck, every time I fucking knock on the table two times, that king comes off, you know, exactly right. Yeah. So it's it's some really stupid stuff. And and variance inevitably does follow patterns, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, it does it does follow patterns of up and down and stuff. It doesn't you know, it's it's not completely just crazy. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, it well, does... if you look at it, if you look at a single. Like moment, like a mm-hmm. single hand, like mm-hmm. or a single card coming, like every time it's going to have the same probability based on sure. what's already out there. Exactly right. But yeah. So like, yeah. But if you look at swings, it's going to be cyclic. Mm-hmm. It's over time. It should be cyclic. Right. And you can see the swings in my graph. If you go back and look at the graph I posted, um, you know, that's on this podcast. You can see the swings in there. The green mm-hmm. line. Uh, I mean, those swings are huge swings. Those are thirty mm-hmm. and forty thousand dollars swings that are yeah. in there, right? But the overall graph over a million hands has evened out, gone up, mm-hmm. right? So, um, you know, it's 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 tough when you play when you play twenty thousand, thirty thousand hands, and you don't you don't make any money. Yeah, it can feel frustrating. It's the yeah. same thing at live poker. You know, you could play for a month or two months as a good player every day, forty yeah. hours a week, and not make money. Yeah, you know, you you know, so variance is so incredible that we just still can't understand it. Um, 
So obviously during the times that you're tilting or had tilted in the past, those are like out outlying data. It's outlying data, outlier data because it shouldn't have happened that way. Mm -hmm. So how do you how do you kind of put a filter on things that you're looking at you're like, okay, I tilted back then or during this time. So so those numbers aren't fully accurate as they should have been. I'm not really sure I understand that question. Okay, so Say I'm saying like, Say it another way. <laughs> like, do you ever look at data and know that in a certain period of time or a certain day you tilted high and then you kind of could say, okay, that's not indicative of, of what it should have been? Like, mm -hmm. and how do you adjust, uh, adjust it? Yeah, I just don't look at the data that closely as far okay. as, because um, it's, really, it's really tough to figure out, like, well, I tilted in this hand. Does that affect this or that? I mean, it's really difficult. to, And, and I can look at sessions. And the way I have a spreadsheet built that I use for, for mental game. Mm -hmm. And I have, um, you know, I have one half of the spreadsheet, like where I type in, you know, different, like I, I it's a daily spreadsheet, like it's a daily thing. So I type in what I, how I'm feeling today, what I'm, what I'm thinking about from last session, how mm -hmm. does that feel? How did last session feel, et cetera. Then I play, then I do a post session where how do I feel at the end of this session? What was my tilt level? You know, yeah. how did I feel I played, et cetera, so that I can, basically get rid of every day's like emotional buildup because yeah. it's emotional to play game, play this game all the time. Right. So if you, if you run bad for, for a long time, that shit can build up on you. And, and, and then the next time you start playing, you instantly get it all in with ace King and lose to Queens and lose your mind, yeah. which is a super standard spot, you know? Yeah. Um, which is super standard, like coin flip. So it's like, you know, it's, um, you got to get rid of that emotional baggage every day. For me, mm -hmm. I do, right? I have to get rid of that emotional baggage every day, the way that this, even, even running good tilt, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I can run good for forever and think that I'll never lose, right? And run good for a long oh, time, yeah. think that I'll never lose, and then I am start making stupid plays because I think, oh, this guy can't call a 3X pot shove, Yeah. you know, and he calls me with, you know, second pair. Well, you get like a God complex. Almost. Yeah, right. Like, you think you just can't lose, and that's, that's like winning tilt. Right, which that, can affect your That's plan. an interesting <laughs> thing, though, by the way, uh, because I think, I think that takes um, – you can take that into account live, mm -hmm. that God factor almost, mm -hmm. quote-unquote, because, like, if you are winning a lot of pots, oh, that yeah. actually will affect the play. At the table. At the table. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You can definitely – obviously, you should be playing more pots and playing more aggressively and playing, you know – Bluffing more probably when mm. you're winning a lot at a table because people yeah. just like look at like oh I'm gonna mess with that guy yeah right yeah, so that's yeah. like a that's like that's kind of the same that's kind of what, along the lines of what we were talking about like the differences in online and live right mm -hmm. where that stuff doesn't really correlate in a live game where it, it does correlate that kind of those intricacies correlate in live where these little small things that you know I should be bluffing more when I'm winning a lot and bluffing yeah. less when I'm losing and look like I'm losing yeah right? yeah lost three or four hands in a row in a live game, I should probably not bluff this time. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, interesting. So, yeah. I wonder how that would all work out if somehow AI, first of all, I can't even imagine a future where AI is playing at a live game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be so weird. Like, that's yeah. some, like, you know, next level, like, Cyberpunk 2077 shit. But, um... I don't know why I dropped that in there. I haven't even played the game, so I don't even know if that makes sense. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like, uh, yeah, it's so, it's so wild to think about that because I, I, I think we get so caught up sometimes with, with talking about, I know we haven't talked about GTO. Game, uh, for those who have no idea, game, game Theory Optimal play 
Um, but I think I really think it's way far off because of that factor. Because of uh, it's way more human, especially because you know chess, which was solved as you said, mm-hmm. had two players. Mm-hmm. Right. You have nine or ten people at the table. Sure, it sure. just becomes just in all different emotions, right? Yeah. Uh, and definitely those chess players at that level are way more disciplined mm-hmm. than you know card player you know yeah joe who just came off of a heater on the blackjack table right <laughs> he's not like well i'll sit down and play gto right <laughs> you know yeah but uh but uh i think that's a good thing to go off of here talk about uh game theory optimal um play i think i think that's a big thing now i think pro players are really trying to get into that but we we're talking off the camera that you feel like that's something that's not as important because it just leads to just slightly above break even against the field that there is now. Yeah, so I think GTO play obviously is good for a fundamental um, understanding of the game. Yeah. And and, and what, real quick for those who have no idea what we're talking about, what is game theory optimal? So we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll make a we'll make it simple. So game theory optimal is 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 the way that you play a game. Um, to make your opponent to make it to where you you and your opponent um, can't win off each other like it's like tic tac toe where neither player can win or um, you know rock paper like what's like for example what's the proper um, strategy to play rock paper scissors yeah to not think about it to no. just just no the proper strategy to play rock paper scissors is to throw rock paper and scissors equally. At 33% of the time, equal. Right. that way you could never beat me. No matter what strategy you use, yeah. you can never beat me because I'm always using that strategy. The best you can You'd do You'd have is, to have like a little thing in your head that picks it. Right, some kind of RNG. You'd yeah. have to have some kind of random number generator that picks it 33% yeah. of the time, right? So you could like never beat life. me no matter what strategy you use. If you say, I'm going to throw a rock every time, I would still beat you. Even if you, the only way you could, the best you could do against me is to break even. Yeah. You could do, use the same strategy throwing rock, paper, and scissors 33% of the time, and break even. That would be, that's basically the best analogy I can use for poker, right, is that GTO for poker is, is, is how, is a strategy that both players use that neither can beat each other, right? Mm-hmm. It's an equilibrium strategy. So um, I think that it's still a ways off from being solved, poker. Mm-hmm. It's not like just because we have some softwares like PioSolver and, and GTO Plus that, that these softwares have solved poker, right? Because poker's not played heads up, generally. Mm-hmm. Um, it's played several players, right, at the table. Um, and also, um, the strategies are, are too difficult to implement um, in-game, right, um, by a normal human, right? There's some players that are, that are pretty good and pretty close to, to arriving at GTO um, so- solutions, right, mm-hmm. in-game. Um, but I think I think for the vast majority of players, we're a, a long ways away from from any players at mid stakes or or or, what, or lower really really um, using GTO strategies well. Right? I think players are still making a lot of mistakes um, yeah. in bet sizing and other details. So I think that um, you know mass database analysis uh, in online poker is probably the best the best use of your time. You know uh, these days. Mass database usage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mass database analysis to, to figure out what your opponents are doing so that you can figure out an, a, a, a way to exploit that. So it's not so much trying to solve the game as just kind of knowing the macro of what most 
players right. doing right We want to know what the fundamentals are of betting and raising and, um, you know, uh, range versus range compositions mm-hmm. and combinations of hands and stuff like that to really, um, we want to know all that stuff. That's the fundamentals of yeah. poker, right? Especially online poker, right? We're, that's, we, ne- we need to get a strong fundamental, you know, foundation for that stuff to be able to even exploit another player. Yeah. Right. Well, how, how do we know to support another player if we don't know what optimal strategy is? Right. Right. So. And, and that's ever changing. Yeah. Because, you know, the, the way the general player plays and the ranges they're playing with is going to continue to change. Sure. I wonder, I wonder if it's ever going to like flip and just get just wildly worse. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause I always, I always thought about that. Like uh, everyone's saying, oh, it's getting tougher and tougher. Mm hmm. But, like, at what point, if it doesn't become game theory optimal, do, would players deviate from that where they just, like, flip to a crazier, like, looser style just to, like, go against the, the, the grain? Yeah, it's, it's hard to say, man. Um, I, I think it's so far, in, from what I can tell, it's, it's growing closer and closer to GEO. Right. Like, the, the strategies that, that populations... When I say populations, I mean populations of players in different sites, you know, mm-hmm. on, online. Um, the populations are, are, are gravitating more and more towards um, GTO strategies. Mm-hmm. You know, there used to be a lot of overfolding and a lot of underbluffing in online games, just like in live games. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's slowly changing, mm-hmm. where players are bluffing it more closer to optimal frequencies. They're, 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 they're folding and calling it more optimal frequencies. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just have to, you have to really, uh, there's still money to be made though. I mean, obviously nobody plays perfect. Um, nobody plays perfect poker. So there's still, there's still money to be made, you know? Um, how long do you think it's going to be until it just online just becomes like a GTO fest? I don't know. That's, I mean, that's still up for debate, man. It's been people saying, you know, poker's dead, online poker's dead for a, for a lot of years now. It's it's definitely not. Um, but it's got definitely better. I feel like recently. Well, this year or last year, especially because of COVID, I think yeah. there was a lot of people at home, you know, playing on their own or, or whatever. They couldn't go to games. They couldn't go to, I mean, all the games were shut down in Houston and yeah. elsewhere. So people I, wanted to play. They want to gamble, right? I mean. I donated like a thousand. I was playing five card Omaha. Oh, were you? <laughs> For a minute. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The five card Omaha gets you, man. Yeah. 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 That's a gamble. Mm-hmm. Gamble, gamble. Yeah. I have. I, I still don't play much Omaha these days. Uh, I play a little bit the, for fun. As but. Matt calls it. The great game. Yeah, it is. It is a fun game, and it, and it keeps a lot of fun players and recreational players uh, really happy. And you know, uh, the, yeah. the it's it's hard to have anybody really in, in, in bad shape um, in in a in a PLO pot, right? I know, but you can make some uh, uh, egregiously bad folds. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and you can really you can bluff a lot more. Yeah, in, which in is crazy. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, and what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Because I feel like um. You know, I, I I feel like as online is increasingly becoming like tighter and tighter in skill level, live is starting to migrate from holding the PLO. Is it though? Because I haven't seen that really. I haven't really. I, mean, I don't play. I feel I like play a lot of live. Yeah, but, you don't. Yeah. But I haven't seen. I mean, like when I look at like I don't know. You know, is are there more games in PLO than there is in Hold'em? 
at a normal live no, game? No, but way more, I feel like it's way juicier than I've ever seen it. Well, it may be, it may be juicier, maybe because of COVID or something, maybe because yeah. of stimulus checks. I don't know. Who knows, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. That $600 shot. <laughs> who knows shot. why? Who knows why it may be juicier? Maybe because of inflation, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's another thing you got to think about, too. It's like... Um, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, I mean, the dollar was worth more than it is now. That's so true. a 2-5 game winning, you know, was a lot more money than, mm. than it is today. 2-5 may overtake 1-3 as the normal standard game. Yeah. Right? That's an interesting thought because I, th- I thought about that uh, mm-hmm. as, as well in general. I actually thought about that in our industry too, like uh, just uh, about margins and where margins are going, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing there. Like, I feel like... Uh, if you look back to when we learned, like one, two seemed big. Mm-hmm. And our thought is just because, well, we didn't really know. But yeah. like one, two was big in the, you know, early 2000s. Yeah. Late 90s. That was one good two money. Was, that was yeah. good money. Yeah. So yeah, I really think that uh, that that's what's going to happen. Inflation is really a, is a real thing, especially now with the way the government's printing money. I mean, hyperinflation is going to happen a little bit. I mean, we're seeing rates at zero. I mean, that's well, I can get into all this kind of talk, but. You know, I mean, the dollar is going to be worth less money moving mm. forward. Right? Oh, yeah, so, of course. Um, you're going to see less one, three games and more two, five games. People are going to have more dollars in their account. Right. right? Literally. Because yeah. of stimulus money and because of other ways that right. they're, they're making more money, whatever. But the dollar's worth less. It's going to cost you, you know, instead of a dollar twenty nine for a Dr. Pepper at the store, it's going to cost you two twenty nine. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so and to move into the we can talk a little bit about cryptocurrency into that into that you know yeah yeah, yeah. so that's a fun topic here's um, your plug to uh, buy bitcoin yeah buy some bitcoin no yeah so um you know it's funny I, I was i was looking at this morning um my wife sent me a text showed me some text that that showed uh we were talking about bitcoin back and forth in 2017 and uh, she had bought like 350 dollars worth in 2016. I remember when she did that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. And and she never sold it. And I still have it for her. And it's worth like $9,600 now. And I was looking back through some of the transactions that I had because I was buying and selling Bitcoin through poker sites, you know. And uh, there was yeah. times when I had 30, 32, 35 Bitcoins, you know, at one time, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, it's crazy that I don't have those anymore and that I could be. I was looking at some of the amounts. Could be a millionaire. One point two million. It's just mind blowing, right? So yeah, um, it's kind of that'll put you on tilt right there. Yeah, no, just don't look at your. I don't know why you did that. <laughs> I don't know why you looked at your wallet. It's so depressing. Yeah, it's yeah, so depressing yeah. to not have. But like we were talking about earlier, there's no way I could have held on to that through the massive swings of yeah. of cryptocurrency. But well, yeah. I know I know you're big into cryptocurrency because you well. I know you were the one telling me about Bitcoin for so long, mm-hmm. and then I finally. When I was drinking, uh, <laughs> we were in Vegas. I remember in Vegas breaking you off three thousand, yeah, like uh, out of my roll and just buying it in cash for because you were like, "You got to do it, bro." I was yeah. like, "All right, let's yeah. let's get it done." I unfortunately sold it when it was at twenty seven hundred back in twenty seventeen, but um, but I actually want because we're talking about XRP before. Uh, interesting kind of thing to bring up because the SEC filed the lawsuit saying mm-hmm. that it was an equity mm-hmm. and not a currency. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I really haven't, I haven't really, um, I really haven't kept any kind of, um, kept up with that at all, especially yeah. the Ripple. Yeah. I haven't kept up with Ripple at all. I had some Ripple in 2017 when it was like well not crazy. so much ripple by itself but just the sec trying to the sec well the, i don't know the ripple thing is its own is its own thing xrp is its own you know weird government 
I, I don't know. You know, right. I don't think that they're going to change anything about Bitcoin. Like, um, I think they will come out with more regulations yeah. about Bitcoin. I think they're going to try to regulate like just your own, like self-hosting wallets mm. to be like KYC, like know KYC. your know your customer. Okay. Right. That's what banks have to have. They have to like if you to set up a bank account and to transfer money, you have to your bank has to know you based yeah. on the Patriot Act from the two, early 2000s after the Twin Towers yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, went down. Um, the government wants to know where your money's going, where it's coming from, you know, and they enacted that, you know, some years ago. So mm -hmm. it's, really, uh, it's really tough for poker players especially, um, you know, and, and then they have these seizure laws where they can just seize money, oh. um, you know, cash. I don't know yeah. if you've heard about these poker players that have, that have uh, had their – you know, bankrolls seized by driving across state lines with oh. no, they had no drugs on them. They didn't have any, they weren't selling yeah, drugs. I, I, I actually remember hearing a story about uh, professional blackjack players. Mm -hmm. They were um, traveling with cash and they just, they you seized up seized. like 60K. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like these crazy laws that are in the books where they can seize your money um, without you having doing anything wrong. Right. Um, so, those kind of laws make Bitcoin very, um, you know, valuable and very um, yeah. sought after, right? Because that there's not there's nobody that can do anything about Bitcoin, right? I can have Bitcoin, I can take it across, you know, anywhere in the world mm -hmm. with me, and I can transact it with other people yeah. anytime I want to, and there's no government hands on. So the government's going to try to regulate it a little bit, but I don't think that's going to be a problem for Bitcoin and other larger cryptocurrencies. I wouldn't get involved with any of the smaller, yeah. you know, coins that Oops. are like, like Ripple, you know, like I wouldn't get involved with any of the really small, you know, some of them are scams and stuff. It's yeah. like penny stocks, yeah. you know. Like so. dog coin? Yeah, well, do like Doge, you mean? Dogecoin? Dogecoin, yeah, I mean, that one's a big one. That one's a, that one's a decent one, but there's some other really small coins that, that I wouldn't get involved with. Okay. You know, so well, I think and, everyone and their brother was starting coins. Yeah, right, exactly like, right. It's yeah, initial yeah. coin offering, like ICO, like it's yeah. like... Ethereum, Litecoin are the but bigger Ethe ones, yeah, right? Yeah, Ethereum, Litecoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash. I mean, those are some. But this, know. but this is going to be a staple for online poker players. They're always going to need it. Well, know. that and 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 illegal dark markets, right? I mean, underground dark markets. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in the dark web, selling drugs, all these other kind of, you know, nefarious things. Um, they use cryptocurrency, and that's that's where the real value of it comes from. Is places like that, and and places where governments try to seize control of currencies and and this and that right where people yeah. want freedom yeah yeah right and and decentralized um decentralized way to send money mm -hmm. right so uh, i you know i can send money across to somebody in asia you know i can send 30k without you know without the government's um you know permission right right whereas sending it through a bank account is very difficult do you uh do you think that's the thing that's really holding it up from becoming really solidified as a, a way of currency? Well, I was going to say, what what do you think is the necessary step for Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency to get leg, uh, legitimized? Well, I don't think I think it is legitimized. I think uh, I think this last uh, bump recently was from PayPal buying a bunch. Yep. and stuff. I think it's it's already legitimized. I think that it's it's not the goal of it is not to replace like currency, right? It's it's not it's not you know Visa, Mastercard, and all these other 
companies can make transactions in seconds, mm -hmm. microseconds, right? They can, you can make a transaction, buy coffee in a second, whereas Bitcoin's not really that good quick. at that, right? It's not good at that. Now, yes. in, this, in the same way, well, even, I don't think they ever will be, but it's in the same way that I don't go to the, I don't buy gold and go to the store and buy coffee with my gold coins, <laughs> right? I don't do that. It's for, it's a store of value. How many shekels? Right, right, right. <laughs> so it's a store of value. It's something that, that's not going to, it's, it's something that's not going to be inflated like the dollar, right? It's yeah. not going to be printed. There's not, there's a, there's a tight supply, right? Where, so there's a lot of arguments to that back and forth about, um, you know, the dollar being inflationary is actually a good thing because it, it keeps people spending money, yeah. right? Whereas, you know, if, if everybody just held their money and knew it would be worth more later, nobody would go spend any money. We would, you know, it, it doesn't yeah. keep econ the economy growing, right? That's what the U.S. dollar is made to be, inflationary. Whereas, you know, Bitcoin is deflationary where there's only ever going to be 21 million Bitcoins ever, Yeah. right? And, um, you know, but that's not always good, a good thing for a currency to be deflationary. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. There's a lot of thoughts and stuff. If anybody wants to uh, look at some good conversation about Bitcoin, there's a, there's a thread on 2 plus 2. If you don't know what 2 plus 2 is, it's a, it's a gambling forum online. It's been around for ages. And they have, a Bitcoin, um, they have a Bitcoin thread in there that has some really smart people in there that talk Bitcoin all the time. Yeah. And there's some good, good arguments for and against it right in there. Mm -hmm. And there's, been, there's some millionaires in there, too, that have held on to it from the get-go so that's crazy yeah it's a yeah, and if you fun really, topic if you really want some good advice just go into the um the form uh brags beats and variants yeah brags, beats, and variants. <laughs> bbv for life bbv yeah. for life that's yeah, the uh brags, beats, and variants. oh man it's been a they while get, since I've they get that. beat up in there so yeah if anybody hasn't if you haven't found two plus two and you're a poker player you're not doing it right you know mm -hmm. get on two plus two it's it's a fun forum there's some you know, I started a uh, poker goals and challenges thread some years ago, back when I was playing 510 online. And, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, there's some good threads in there. There's some good, solid uh, people in there to connect with. Uh, I've met a lot of people online yeah. that, that I know really well through, through 2 plus 2 and, and such. So, yeah, it's a, it's, a good, it's a good forum. It's a really good forum to get yeah. involved with. Is it, is it worthwhile to, to pick up some books? I, I know there's so many outdated books now. I really don't even know. I mean, Matthew Jonda's book um, on GTO stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. even know what's called. Applications of, of No Limit Hold'em, I think, yeah. is what it is. His book is really good for, for understanding GTO poker and understanding, you know, there's, you know, we were taught in the beginning years ago that you bet for value or you're bluffing, right? Mm. Uh, basically, there's yeah. two reasons yeah. why you bet. You're betting for value or you're bluffing. And that's not really, that's not why GTO solvers bet, right? They bet for protection and to, to deny, equi deny equity yeah, or to build a bigger pot yeah. to win it. Well, later. that an initial thought is for, you know, an unbalanced play that can mm -hmm. be right. used exactly. to uh, take advantage of other players. Right. Um, but like, I mean, if someone's on here and is like, man, this all sounds like crazy to me and they have no idea about poker, uh, I mean, there's got to be a place for them to start. Where is that? Yeah, I would check out... Um, you know, Doug Polk's uh, training site. I don't even know what it's called. Man, that uh, guy loves to hate on Negreanu. Oh, he's he's playing him heads up. Did you know that? Oh, is he still? Yeah, they're, they're play he's beating the shit out of him. Really? Yeah, he's, he's up like 800K in the Jesus first 12,000 12, 12, hands. And Negreanu's been crying about his bad beats from him and stuff. Like, I mean, Polk is Polk is a shit talker, but he's a good player, bro. I mean, he's yeah. a good online he's – he's an online pro. I mean, he's a good heads up player. He's one of the best in the world. Yeah. Right? I mean – um, you know, I just, I don't know why Negreanu is such a, a D-bag these days. He didn't used to be, 
you know, but he's, I don't know. And that's my opinion. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> you know, I used he think, used to be a really nice guy. I used to think Negroni was cool and he probably still is to people, but I think he's, his fame and stuff has just gotten him mm. to where he's just, he's just not the same guy. Got you. I got you. Uh, what about, um, Crush Live Poker, are you still? Um, yeah, I don't really look into that much anymore. I don't know what they're doing live. on there. Yeah. I mean, he's, I used, he's got a YouTube channel. Yeah, I used to. I used to get involved in Crush Lives. I used to listen to to Bart Hansen back when he was on Deuces Plays. I know. Um, back on uh, you know, uh, what was the name of that? Deuces Wild. Uh, um, I don't remember. Yeah, there's a, a there's right. a there's a forum called Deuces Wild or something like that yeah. where he was a he was a podcaster and he was doing podcasts yeah. for. And I used to listen to him a lot, and he was a really good. Uh, he would he he had some really good live strategy. Yeah. So. No, and I, I think it goes back to the kind of more simple st- strategy of just like betting for value. Not yeah. Enough people do that. Definitely betting for value thinly and stuff. That's yeah. online. I mean, live play is all about getting value and yeah. and, and not bluffing a ton. Um, you know. Totally, so. totally different. Yeah. But uh, but um. If someone's looking for a coach, are you still coaching? I am coaching. Yeah, I do. I do still coach. Um, I coach players from fifty and L, uh, which is twenty five cent, fifty cent mm-hmm. online, up to you know five hundred and L, which is uh, two five. Yeah, I'll coach some players at five ten, but not very many. Um, yeah, yeah, and you know, so I don't do a lot. I don't take a lot of students on. I'm not really. I'm not take. I don't have any right now. So yeah. I usually take one to two at a time. You know, gotcha. if I do, and I don't do any advertising for it really, but. But yeah, I will take some some students here and there um, yeah. for online play. So well, if uh, if you're looking to get some lessons from Chris, you can uh, certainly contact us. We'll contact him, or you can find Chris Rauscher on Facebook. Yeah, you can find me on Facebook. Um, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, Liz, for letting him out of the house. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> She's got the baby today, so I think uh, they're out doing something in the rain. I don't know. Oh man, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Brianna. Yeah, but um. But as always, guys, uh, thanks for listening in. You can find Texas T podcast on YouTube, T-X-T-T-E-A podcast at for Instagram, TikTok, uh, Facebook, all the great places. Uh, any questions you have for Chris, shoot them down below. I know this uh, is probably the second time you'll hear poker talk. It could be a little bit con- confusing if you don't know so uh please do have us clarify things because i could get a little deep in it since i love it but uh until next time guys uh thanks for listening in all right thanks guys thank you